Thanks for checking out the New Hope Podcast. We believe this message will encourage you and transform you into who God is calling you to be. You are loved. Enjoy. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? There you go. Awesome. Well, I'm excited about today. And if you've been around for the last little while, we've been in uh, this series called Whole Nother Level, right? (laughs) And uh, last week, can we give it up for Pastor Butch? He brought the word last week. Thank you. He is ready in season and out of season. And uh, he is a blessing to our church. He's a blessing to Tara and I personally, his whole family. You know, they drive from Winter Haven every Sunday to be part and to serve here. Isn't that amazing? He used to drive his, I don't hope you don't mind, he used to drive his daughter all the way to Frostproof because we know that Frostproof has the best schools. Come on. And he used to drive his daughter to school and he'd drive by this building every day and he's like, God kept saying, you're, you're going to be part of something there someday. Isn't that amazing? And he's here. He's serving. And his whole family is. So it's a blessing that you guys are here and, and that you guys serve in that capacity. And, and uh, I'm excited about today. Part five. We're in part five. Rarely ever do we go past part four in a series, but I believe that, that this series warrants some more time. And this story in Exodus, we're in, in the in middle of Exodus. I would encourage you to go back. Um, obviously, we can't do all of Exodus on a Sunday morning, but go back. Read Exodus 1 to 13, kind of get caught up. But today, we're going to kind of focus on Exodus 14, about the crossing of the Red Sea. And um, are you expecting new things? Are you? Like in your life, in your church. And um, I, I'm expecting new things for, for our church, for my family. I believe that God's always in the process of doing something new. You're like, isn't God the same yesterday, today, and forever? He is, right? But that still doesn't mean he can't do something new. Do you see it? Maybe you're looking like Moses was looking around. It was new that there was a bush burning. And he, he saw the bush, and God spoke to him and said, Go, I'm going to, uh, I've heard the cry of my people. I'm going to go and rescue them. You know that God hears our cries? That God still hears his people today? Whenever you're in a, in a problem or even uh, are sick or whatever, God hears you. And he has compassion for his church, his people. Um, I believe we look around and we can see what he's doing, right? I remember uh, when I was on vac- I was kind of on vacation. I was doing a wedding in Canada. And uh, we, I was at this place and a guy, he, he's like, oh, pastor. So I'm going to ask him a question. He was asking him a question. How do you know that God exists? And someone came up before I even got to answer it. The guy's like, uh, look around. <laughs> right? And in the words of everybody from nine, the 90s, duh, right? But God, if you just look around, you see that our God is a good God. And his creation is amazing. And we are his most special creation. Isn't that awesome? And he's given us gifts and talents. And people like Jacob, I was, impre- I was uh, uh, God spoke to me about you in the, during the service. I don't normally do this, but God has his hand on your life. And he's going to use you. Don't look back. Keep moving forward. Because God has a special plan for you, young man. Amen? 
Come on. It, I was, okay. All right, I got to go on to the next part. Um, but God's doing something new, right? And he wants to do something new in and through you. Maybe your new thing is, I haven't been baptized yet. At the beginning of the series, three people get up there and said, I'm following Jesus. I'm going to proclaim Jesus in my life. Maybe it's saying, I want to go to a Wednesday night. I want to go deeper in my faith. 107 people. I'm just going to kind of brag a little bit on you guys. 107 people show up to Wednesday nights. Or maybe you don't give yet. I want to give. Imagine 7,200 bucks comes in to, to take care of this building that we're working on. Worship time. You're like, I don't know. I don't know if I should raise my hands. I don't know. Someone might say me. I don't know if I should come up front. Whole nother level, right? Maybe God's calling you to do something new. Our worship night at the beginning of the series was the best one I've ever been to. And we're going to have another one again soon. And who knows what God wants to do in your life. Maybe you're reading your Bible, praying, doing something new with your family, praying with your family, doing devotions with your family. God is up to something special Grab on, right? Grab on. Uh, miracle after miracle. So let's jump in here. Miracle after miracle, God had performed on behalf of his people, right? Just to get them out of Egypt. I know Butch went through, Pastor Butch went through some of the stuff last week. Finally leading them out of slavery, away from uh, the Egyptians. He set them free. And we talked about freedom earlier. I believe that God wants to set us free. Free from oppression. Free from captivity. Free from bondage. And the adventure was just getting started. Right? That's not, that's just, just the first part. That's just getting set up. When Pharaoh let the people go, God didn't lead them on the road that made the most sense. You know that God doesn't always lead you on the road that makes sense to you. Or to your neighbor. Right? People are looking at you weird or whatever. Um... People, it doesn't make sense all the time, right? I remember someone when I was in Sarasota, like, you're going to Frostproof? You're weird. I said, thank you. I'll be weird for Jesus in Frostproof. Come, and, come on over. Amen. The Bible tells us in Exodus 13 that through the path, though the path was shorter, God took him a different way. God doesn't always do things the way we think is the right way. He does it his way. And his way is always the right way. Amen. So he led them around the desert road over toward the Red Sea. It was hot, dry. Imagine they're getting there and they, they're out in the desert and they see this stuff shimmering, right? Have you ever been on a hot day and you see water way off and it's, you start seeing this, the heat is hitting it and you're seeing this. And you can kind of almost see it today if you close your eyes for a moment, right? You can see two million Israelites were walking toward the sea and they're on their way out, what God promised them. They're on their way to the, the what? The promised land. It doesn't look very exciting yet, does it? They probably already started complaining. The grumbling's already started. The fear's rising. Why? Well, the Egyptians are after them. Like, what in the world? You brought us out here for them to come after us and it's easier to bury us out here in the desert? What are we going to do now? There's this big sea in the way. There's this obstacle, an obstacle that seems so difficult to overcome. Their eyes focused on that problem. You know that we do that a lot of times? We focus on the problem. 
rather than the solution. And each time, God is the solution. We try to be like, oh, well, I'll come up with the solution. I'll figure out. I'll figure it out. I'll do this thing on my own. But God has the solution. Questions loomed. How are they going to get across that thing? Surely, we've gone the wrong way. What's Moses doing? I get that a lot of times, right? If, if you're a leader of anything, you get people questioning you, right? Right? If you're a coach, if you're a, a pastor or a teacher, like, teacher, are you sure we're supposed to do it this way? And then they're like, they get the epiphany, right, teachers? Oh, yeah. And then parents, right? You guys are leaders. And, and your kids, you're trying to tell them which way to go and what to do. And then finally, like, oh, yeah, mom, you are right. And they won't say that till they're about 30, okay? So just hold on. Hold on, man. You won't hear that. Like, I started telling my parents a few years ago, wow, you were right. And they said, we know. We know. But God wants to do something new. Look what it says. Here's our theme verse. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19. But forget, forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. Look, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you that we can open up the word today and you can speak to us. I pray that today each and every person would hear from heaven in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, I'm just going to go through four things today. And, and if you have a phone, write them down um, or something to write on. Write these down. Um, I believe they're going to be really important to your, to your walk with the Lord. And listen, we could go through Exodus and it could be very vast, but I only got some time today. So I, I want to jump right in. And the first one is when we see obstacles, God sees opportunities. When we see obstacles like the Red Sea looming in front of us and the enemy coming from behind us, then God sees opportunities. He will make a way where there seems to be no way out. Maybe you're in that situation right now in your life. You're like, there's so many obstacles in my life. The bigger the problem, the greater his ability to shine right through it all. Amen? Come on, church. Right? The bigger the deal, God's like, okay, I'll show up and show off. Here we go. Right? And so maybe you're thinking, you're going through your mind, wow, I've got a lot of obstacles right now. Right? I love the heart of my friend Raymond. I haven't seen this guy happier. And he lost his leg how, oh, six weeks ago. But guess what? When there's obstacles, God sees opportunities. Amen? Amen. Put yourself in their shoes for a moment. Look, Exodus 15, uh, 14, 9. The Egyptians... All Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea. Uh-oh. They're leaving. They're finally leaving after all the plagues, after all of the issues. They're like, okay, Moses. They're still kind of wondering. 
Because the chapter before, just like, what, you brought us out here because there's no room in, in Egypt to bury us? Sometimes we may feel this way, that, that there's no way out, that, the, that it seems too big for God to accomplish, but our God can accomplish anything. Amen? And he says that we, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen? Things are looking bleak and dark for them. Yet God had a plan, and it was amazing. What obstacles are you facing today? Sickness, temper issue, unbelief, lack of faith, you need a job, marriage seems to be doing really poorly, finances. What is the obstacles in your life? Maybe there's something going on with your kids. You're like, oh, I just don't know if they'll change. I just don't know if they'll get it. I don't know if they'll change their behavior. Well, I'm here to tell you today, when there's obstacles, God sees opportunities, right? You know that most things in life come because there's obstacles we have to overcome. Most inventions, if you look at anything, it's because someone's like, oh, there's an obstacle. We need to get over this obstacle. And they invent something, right? There's so many. Steam engine, the wheel, the printing press, light bulb, all of those things because someone's like, man, we can't see. We can't keep burning oil all night. We need to figure out something better. God allows us to overcome the obstacles through him. Look what it says in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Revelation 12.11. They triumphed over him. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimonies. When the enemy comes in, guess what? We have Jesus, his blood, and our testimony. Say, listen, enemy, you go right back where you came from because I have Jesus. I have the rock, right? I have my testimony. I have what he's already, oh, yeah, you tell me that, right? Not today, devil. We need to get shirts for church and just say, not today. <laughs> All right, part two. So part one, remember it? When we see obstacles, God sees what? All right, number two. God will stand between us and the enemy. We never need to fight alone. Right? They're out there in the middle of nowhere, and they're like, oh no. They've got everything. We're just a bunch of, a bunch of people just walking. What's going to happen? Let's read this. Let's look at this. Um, next part of the story here. Verse 10 in Exodus 14. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we see us? Sorry, didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone? So now they're questioning following the Lord and Moses. Leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people. Don't we kind of see that sometimes? We're in the middle of the fight. We're in the middle of maybe of the football game. It's easier just to say, ah, we quit. We're, we're done. 
we're in the middle of life's struggles. We're like, I'm just going to give up my marriage. I'm going to give up whatever it is. And we're in the middle of it. And God's like, no, no, no. There's opportunity in obstacles. That you're not alone in your fight. Look what Moses, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. So Moses had the faith. He went through a lot of trials, didn't he, to get that faith. Remember before he was saying, don't send me. <laughs> send somebody else, right? But now Moses is like, no, no, no. Stand firm. He'll bring you deliverance. He'll bring it today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. So that also teaches us the Lord's fighting with us, but get around people that have faith. Come on. Get around some people that have faith who you can call up and they say, listen, you will never see that again. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to stand with you and fight with you too. Moses had faith. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for... The Lord will fight for who? Me. And then Moses says, you need only to be still. Now, we're going to learn a minute in a minute where you need only to be still sometimes doesn't always work. But we'll go back to that in a second. The battle belongs to the Lord. You know, we try to fight our own battles all the time, right? We try to do it. And then what? We get in trouble. We lose our temper. We tell somebody off. We, whatever your personality is, I'm just talking about mine. <laughs> and we want to, you know, we want to leave or we want to give up. However, when we fight with the Lord, when he's fighting for us, we do it the right way. We accomplish what he wants to accomplish. This is all for God, by the way, right? Now, I'm not talking about things that maybe we personally want that God's like, ah, you're probably, we're probably not going to be doing that. We're not going to be going on that road. But when God is in it, then he's going to be in it to fight with you. We don't have to do this thing alone. I see people doing that a lot of times, right? They try to do their life things alone. You need God and you need people around you to help you be accountable. Amen? Amen? I talked to a pastor friend of mine the other night. He said, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you help me be accountable with this issue in my life? I said, sure. So now I text him all the time. How's everything going? How are you doing with this struggle? Good, good. All right, well, let's set up some things where this is not bothering you anymore. We have to have people and God on our side. He is a God with, a, with our, our plan and a purpose. He fights for us. You know, God assured the people that he would fight for them. Right? If you read back in, in Exodus 13, he, he assured the people that he would fight for them. But they had to have faith and move forward toward the sea. God fights for us. But you know what? We have to actively fight for that position too. Right? Like Tara was saying during the worship time, you got to run after him too. Right? You can't live vicariously through somebody else. Oh, I love, 
I love Hillsong and what they're doing. That's great. I love what they're doing. Oh, I love what, what Pastor Landon's talking about in his heart. But listen, you need it for you. You need a personal relationship with Jesus for you. I only have so much time on a Sunday or whatever day, but you need your relationship for you. When you get, to, when you get there at the gates, it's not going to be like, hey, come on up here. Let's see what, who we got over here. All right, well, you know, Pastor Landon, you know, that's why I'm getting in today. I won't be there with you. <laughs> I'll have my account, my moment of account. And he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And it's not because of what I did, it's because who I followed, and that's Jesus. Amen? I had one clap over there, and that was awesome. And you're getting a Christmas present. Okay, good. All right, number three. Everybody say number three. Number three. Ian. Number three. Prayer is vital, yet sometimes God says it's time to get Another Christmas present. Jessica Chatless. <laughs> it's time to get what? Moving. Sometimes we got to get off our prayer, out of our prayer closet, and put some action to our faith. Come on, right? Some of us just need to get in the prayer closet. Right? But sometimes we got to get up and say, okay, we did the prayer. We know where God's leading us. We're we're going to stand up and move. And in this situation, what? They're going to the Red Sea here. Look, I'm going to read quite a bit, but I want, you to, I want people that maybe don't know this scripture to, to, to hear this, okay? Um, then the Lord said to Moses, why are, this is verse 15, Exodus 14, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Everybody say, move on. Sometimes you just got to move on, right? All right, listen, I had these issues. This person, this person over here. Listen, they don't need, the, they, don't, they don't even, ah, the time of day, right? Don't let them weigh you down anymore. Time to move on. I'm not talking about your marriage, by the way. I am not talking about your marriage. Move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all of his army, through the chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Then the angel of the Lord, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of the cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the, uh, the armies of, of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to, to the one side and light to the other side. Isn't that awesome? So neither went near the other all night long. Wow. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and all the night the Lord drove the sea back with strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them and all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud of the Egyptian army and threw it into the into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they 
had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The enemy doesn't like it when the Lord shows up. Right? Like, wait a second. God is doing something on their behalf. Now, our enemy now, as you read in the New Testament, is, isn't against flesh and blood. Right? And so some of us are like, yeah, war. People we don't like. Right? No. <laughs> we, don't, we don't fight against flesh and blood anymore. But look, look. Then the Lord said, verse 26, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and the horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. God may ask for us to be still at some points, but he also asks us to move at some points, to do something, to get out of our comfort zone, right? To serve or to love on somebody or to cook a meal or to take someone out to lunch or to worship. It's important to listen to his voice, to, to know when to be still, but also to know when to move. And we can't be scared to move because if we're moving, we're following him. And he's going to make our path straight. Just like he did that night, years ago, with the, his, his people that he promised, I will take you out of this land. I will take you to the promised land. Now, if Jacob, do you mind coming to play? If we ask him for wisdom to know which step is right, he will always protect us. I'm going to jump to the last one. Here in, in the last one, number four, there is no turning back. Notice that when God does something, he does it for good. Right? And so in our life as Christians, we, sometimes we look back and say, oh, I really liked it when I used to be part of this. It wasn't godly, but it was fun. With the sea now sealing off the Israelites' route back to Egypt, they understood that the food and delicacies that they were fond of when they were slaves, they're like, oh no, are we going to still have like whatever we had back there. What did we do? Did we make a bad decision? The Bible says the old is gone, the new has come. And I'd rather be with God than not. And maybe things in your past life or maybe things when you weren't a Christian look so glamorous now when you see them on Instagram or on Facebook or on the news. You're like, oh, that was so much fun. I wish, ah, God says I can't do that. That's not, that shouldn't be our attitude. It's like God says I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can pray for someone and they'll be healed. We're, we look back a lot of times. But it's a picture of our salvation. If we want to truly follow Jesus, we need to allow him to cut off all of our old stuff 
Notice, God's not opening the sea back so they can walk back to Egypt, right? It's closed for good. So God didn't give them the opportunity to go back. He cut us off from all of our old stuff so we can grow in Him. He wants to cut off all of our attitudes and our rebellion and all of those things because He has something greater for us. He wants to get rid of all of our selfish ambitions. My hate, my pride, all of the things that I have that are not of Him, He wants to cut them off. Why? Because He has something greater. Ever see the photo of, I think it's, I think someone made this picture of, it's like a dad or somebody holding like this ginormous teddy bear and the little girl's holding this little tiny one. He's like, no, let's, let's switch. She's like, no, God has something greater for you, church. He has something way better than you can ever imagine in his kingdom. Remember what we used to do? Oh, we could go back and do that. It was so much fun. I don't know if it was fun. Romans 6.20 says this. When you were slaves to sin, right? They were slaves in Egypt. It's a mirror, a picture image for us as believers saying that was where they, they were. When we were slaves to sin... free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are not ashamed of? You're now ashamed of. Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. Amen? For the wages of sin is death. But the what? The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Look at this, Colossians 3. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is adultery. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, right? You used to. We were back in Egypt. We look back every song, oh, I wish I could go back to there. They had so much good stuff back there. It was so great. When I used to get high or drunk or have sex before marriage or all of these things that, oh, they look so awesome on the outside. They're not. used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these anger rage, malice, slander filthy language from your lips I, I noticed that as a pastor that's like the first thing people like apologize to me for, oh I'm sorry my language don't say sorry to me I don't care, you say whatever you want to say <laughs> But it's not just filthy language. It's what we do when we're alone. 
Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices, verse 10, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. Let's not look back. Let's not go back. Amen? I don't want to go back to my old ways. I want to be in God's kingdom and follow His ways. Sorry we're going long today. Uh, when believers are brought into a place of new life with Jesus, yet aren't living in a new creation, we need to learn to depend on God because He's going to start taking off all that old stuff. Right? Imagine you're a tree and He's trimming all the stuff that doesn't need to be there. Guess what? The tree gets more full and more beautiful and more fruitful. So if that's you today.